I would like to give a eulogy to my my dear uncle Dave, who passed oh, yes. on earlier today. Um, David Matre, I loved you. You were a tremendous influence on me as a child. Um, your musical talent sparked an interest in music in me, and and inspired me to to chase my dreams and to pursue writing songs as a teenager, as an adult, to pursue recording music. Uh, I've always thought of you when I've done those things, and I always will think of you when I do those things. And y your, your humor was a, a beautiful thing to behold, and you, your kindness and your, your generosity to every member of your family, all of your friends, were incredibly, incredibly moving to me as a child. And you, I, even though I wasn't out in Ohio a lot, I, I will always cherish the, the times that, that, that I, I was a out there with you. And I'll always remember you. And you'll always, you'll always be in my heart as long as, yeah. I love you, Uncle Dave. I'll never forget you. Rest in peace. That's uh, very, very moving. Very beautiful. Yeah, Thank it's very you. beautiful. I couldn't have done it any better. He must have been a pretty significant uh, impact on your life, I'd imagine. He was, um, he was the first kind of family member that I had who, you know, because I, when I started to play music in like middle school, and I started to teach myself guitar. He was kind of the first one in my family who was also musical. The first one that I could kind of connect with, with that language and he had recorded his own songs before, had written his own songs, and he had performed with uh, his own bands. And, you know, to have that someone in, in your family that you share that common language with is a really important thing for a young aspiring artist. And it was incredibly, incredibly inspirational to me. And I'm just very, very, very glad that before he died, I was able to tell him that. I'm finally pursuing that dream and recording a real honest to God album this summer and that it, it'll, it'll be out and it'll be out in the world. Something, something that I created is, is going to be out there and released into the world for all to see. And I'm glad that, that he knew that that was happening and that he was a, a direct inspiration as to why. Well said. Thank you. Yeah, I know uh, when you were you saying it, just I didn't I didn't expect it to be like you know that major of a member of your family, but it seems like this person was obviously uh, <laughs> you know extremely significant, mm. and um, you know I'm I'm happy that you're you're finally going towards your dreams of recording an album. Yeah, that's uh, I know that's something you've talked about a lot in the past. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and you get to do it with him, of course. Yes, we're gonna save rock and roll. Bryce Are we gonna me. save rock and roll? Yeah. I think I'll just do this without the thing today. It sounds pretty okay. Sounds okay. Yeah. Sorry you, if y'all could hear me like messing around with my headphones and the microphone. I was gonna go help my dog get into her bed. She's very overweight and looked like she needed help. That's a. That's she rough. made it though. That's rough, buddy. She made it. Good job, Zoe. Woo! -hoo. Anyways, welcome to uh, children's programming. Uh, this is episode forty-eight. I, I, I think it's forty-eight. 48 whatever 48. We'll, we'll figure well, it out you know when what we get there. you know what my uncle was uh also a nascar fan yeah mm -hmm. and his guy was jimmy johnson mm. 
And Jimmy Johnson was number 48. So let's just call it episode 48. Let's do it. Sounds like a plan to me. All right. Uh, Welcome one and all to children's programming. I am, of course, uh, Nick Paradis with my co-host, Matthew Bartholomew J. Dixon. Yes, that is my name. And we've, uh, we've got, once again, the Ruby Bryce. We're back live from filming the very first debut episode of our new show, Mall Tour of America, um, down at American Dream Mall in, in Jersey. That uh, video should be out sometime in the middle of this month, probably around Father's Day. Is Father's Day weekend is when... I, I think you guys can expect it to drop. I'm so. glad to see you're actually out there producing content. It's, it's I, good to see. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, you only live once. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Seize. The, one thing I've, I've learned over, about, over the past couple of weeks of coming to terms mm-hmm. with the mortality of a member of my family is yeah. that life is short. You never know when it's going to be the end. Yeah. So go out there and, and go out and chase your dreams and don't be afraid to to risk it all and don't be afraid to never take no for an answer you know what i mean never Mm -hmm. take no for an answer never say i can do it tomorrow i can do it next week i'll do it later just if you've got something inside you that's yearning to come out and and it it needs to be out there in the world bring it out there into the world because there's so many people that aren't going to do that there's so many people that will never take that step but I refuse to be one of them. I felt that. I felt that too. <laughs> I feel so unproductive it, now. <laughs> it was honestly, that was the first time I've been involved in a video production in like a really, really long time. It was fun, man. It was. It was I, really had a, fun. I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, the last time I made any sort of video other than like a TikTok, follow me on TikTok at flotation to Bryce. Yes. Um, was like just, I was a kid in middle school and high school with a camcorder. Just making stupid videos with my friends. Unfortunately, I got embarrassed of them all and then deleted them because we got into college and everyone would start making fun of me mm-hmm. about them. But it was a lot of fun. Just we ha- we would have an idea and I had a camera and knew how to use Windows Movie Maker really well. Mm-hmm. We we love Windows Movie Maker. It's my first uh, filmmaking endeavor Win- as well. I don't care what anyone says. Windows Movie Maker is the goat. I mean, they haven't updated it in eleven years, so yeah. it's unfortunate. I used to go back and think, "Oh, I'm listen." Greatness doesn't need to be updated. Windows, yes. Windows. When was the last time Oregon Trail was updated? When was the last time an alligator evolved? They've been the same for the last fifty-eight million years. Like, yeah, you don't evolve past perfection. Yeah, it's... you're picking up a lot on his channel. You want me to move somewhere else? No. Uh, yeah, if you could move. Maybe here. Okay. What if I just turn it this way? That might be helpful because he's just picking up a lot. It's probably just because the wall's right there. So it's probably yeah. Stupid wall. Yeah. Bastard. Like as long as you're like kind of picking up a little. If if you're like one bar here, that's usually fine. Mm-hmm. But if it's anything higher than that, it's hard to get rid of. Let me stand yeah. over here then. Yeah, you can do that. Flash move my chair. Yeah. You're just a very um. You're a loud. Uh, not loud. You're very um. And passionate man. Well, do you want to hear a funny story? Yeah, of course I do. I've always kind of had a loud voice, right? Yes. And everyone has made comments about it. When I get really excited about something, I will, my volume will increase and I won't even notice. And friends will tell me I have to shut the fuck up, (laughs) lower your voice. The people in the next room can hear you. And the first time I think like that was really brought to my attention was like in the fourth grade, we were reading, um, where the red fern grows. Hmm. And I don't like, I don't know if you guys know how that story ends or if you've read the book or seen any of the movies. It's very tragic. 
It is, it, it's like old Yeller level of uh of tragic. It's honestly sadder and scarier than old Yeller. It's a lot. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, we got to the part of the book where it was sad, and the teacher who was reading it aloud to the class like had to stop because she couldn't handle it. And so she said, Bryce, your voice is loud. Can you please read? And I think I got like a couple words into the sentence and then I started crying and we had to hand the book off to someone else to start mm. reading it. What and happens in that scene? Oh, you don't know? No. Never seen it? So. Or you've never watched it? Uh, sorry, I, you've never read it? No. So Where the Red Fern Grows is a story about a boy. I, for, I think he's in the Smoky Mountains growing up with his family mm -hmm. in like the early 1900s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he has two, I think, bloodhounds. Mm. I forget their names. Old Dan and uh, old, old old Dan and Little Ann. Yes, correct. And one night while they're out in the woods, they get attacked by a mountain lion. Mm. And Old Dan, I'm pretty positive, just gets gutted. Like the mountain lion absolutely destroys him. Mm. And then the girl dog dies of a broken heart. Mm -hmm. It's a very very sad story, and yeah. it's like the whole book is the main character like reminiscing about these two dogs because it like starts off with him stopping a bunch of street dogs from straight up murking another dog in a fight mm -hmm. so he takes the dog home and nurses it back to health and just has all these like relives all these memories of the two dogs that he had as a child mm -hmm. and it's really heartwarming and sad and i cried in the fourth grade while trying to read it aloud to my class it's it's a rough book it's definitely not uh, for the faith of heart it is not I'm just going to get my drink real quick. You guys sure. can continue. It, it's like Marley and me, but like way more violent. Mm. It's, like, it's like Marley. Marley and me times 10. I, I got to say, uh, this is, they were correct when they named this a superior light beer. Honestly, shout out to Michelob Ultra. If you want a sponsor, please let us know. Um, we, we would love to have sponsors. That would be uh, yeah. phenomenal. Michelob Ultra, I'm a big fan. Uh, you're my go-to beer. No I would matter love what. to have sponsors, but if Audible or Squarespace offers, I will straight up refuse. I mean, if if we were offered anything, I'm sure you would take it. Let's yeah, just be real right. here. I'm, I'm a whore for money. Yes, yeah, love making but, money. That you are. But um, I would prefer to have someone that's not Audible or Squarespace. Let's put it that way. Did I tell you? Um, <clears throat> I've I've begun my endeavor of collecting every Criterion Collection film. Yes, I had heard about this. Did have, Daisuke inspire you? A Daisuke, what, I, I, I'm, I'm very disappointed you weren't able to speak with this man. I am too, but I'm sure he'll be back. We, on. we will definitely have him on again because I was, it, it was a holy experience talking mm -hmm. to that man. He is, he is beyond intelligent, mm -hmm. and it's like, it, it was so inspiring to see somebody who's that passionate about film and who really who's dedicated their life to it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's very admirable. I mean, he, he's like one of those very, like, he's very stoic, very like, for those of you who haven't listened to our, our couple episodes ago, I interviewed by myself, uh, Daisuke Beppu. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a Japanese film uh, connoisseur, if you will. Yeah. And um, he's the only man I've ever seen that has a complete collection. He's almost like, he's, I, I, I've heard him called like a critic before, but he's not really a critic. He's almost like an archivist. Yeah, I'd say you know, so. Like... A, like like he doesn't give a lot of criticism towards films. He mm -hmm. usually talks about only films that he really loves. Mm -hmm. And I find which my is in its own way is criticism. Yeah, because you know, crit people think of criticism as some kind of negative thing when mm -hmm. it's not. It's at least not in the traditional sense. Like, 
you know, constructive criticism or the art of criticism is expands to mm-hmm. telling something's virtues also. Yeah. And, and just the fact that he was able to collect all those films in the collection that are mm-hmm. like, you know, just They're rare, incredibly hard to find. Yeah. I mean, he was collecting early on and it seems like when he was in college, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, he was started to collect. And um, mm-hmm. Bryce, I don't know if you comprehend this, what we're saying. I mean, he I knows what criterion yeah, is. Yeah, Nick has talked to me like <clears throat> extensively about what the criterion collection yeah. is, but like often while drunk. Yep. You, I, hey, that's okay. What, <clears throat> as long as you're not hurting anybody, do whatever you there want. There was one night I had brought Nick home. We were at a bar together. Yeah. And I brought him. This uh, is 13 Budweiser's later. <laughs> I brought him home and he was like, I want to have another beer. And I'm like, nope. I'm going to get you a glass of water and we're going to go sit in your room. And he was like, okay, I'm going to show you all of my movies that I have in the Criterion collection. <laughs> I said, okay, whatever you say, bud. And he pulled every single one off of the shelf to show them to me and tell me about them. Yeah. Very fun night. Yeah. And I also, unfortunately, have not listened to the podcast in weeks. It's I'm- okay. If, if, if you're going to start with it from now, I would listen to that episode because I find myself re-listening to it a couple times just it's, because... It's one of, if not our best. Yeah, it's probably yeah. my personal favorite just because I was in it, obviously. <laughs> but um, um, it was just a very enlightening conversation and it's, it's rare you find somebody that you talk to that's like... Mm-hmm. Everything you say, he's able to come up with a response to. He he seems very thought out with his with his answers to his questions, mm-hmm. and you know, like I don't know if you comprehend how big this guy's collection is. Like, no, he not collects. A clue. So there's cr- like to put it things into perspective. This guy has like the American Dream Mall size <laughs> Criterion collection. So you know how he's Three got million a, square feet. You know how yeah. each of those has a number on it, right? No. There's okay, over so a thousand in total. There's over okay. a thousand Criterion films. So this guy was an early adopter. He has he has you know laser disc right. Mm. He has his original goal was to collect all the laser discs that he because he grew up with laser disc at his college. You know, um, you know they had like a library and you could rent. He went films. to NYU, didn't he? No, no, no. I think he went to. I actually don't know, but I know I don't think he went to school in America. I'm not really sure. Dicekay, where'd you go? Please DM me on Twitter to tell me. <laughs> I'm sure he would. Um, but he started collecting all the Criterion laser discs, which are a completely different um they're they're a completely different collection. Format, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, even a collection, like they have mm-hmm. stuff that like the criterion itself doesn't yeah. they have like Goldfinger and Ghostbusters like back and when, Pulp Fiction. Back when like physical that. media wasn't really like a commodity like it is today. Or, you got a VHS release if it was a big film and that yeah. was it. If you were a small mm-hmm. film, you got nothing. If you got Betamax, Laser Disc, and VHS, you must have been pretty uh pretty fancy. Yeah, the top guns of the world. Yeah, <laughs> the Titanics of the world with like 19 discs. But mm. but he, so every every spine on the Criterion Collection has a number. Mm-hmm. And that's just like kind of like a library of films, if you will. So the original Criterion Collection came out in like, I think the 80s and it was in print until probably 97, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think the first round of DVDs came out in 1998. Okay. And so when... When he started collecting, he went for the laser disc. So he got a whole complete set of every laser disc in the collection. So that's probably a few hundred, I'd imagine, because it wasn't. I don't think it was at the same level that it is now, where they were restoring films on the level that they are. Because right, if I mean, if you li- if you look at some of those early early boxes, like I have the out of print RoboCop one, for yeah. example. I mean, it's very bare bones. Mm-hmm. They 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 did a two K restoration and mm-hmm. then slapped a couple of special features on it and that was pretty much it. But you have to think like that was like the first time that anybody had done that before, right? I mean, people it was unheard of. Yeah, nothing had special features yeah. back then. 
not even laser discs, mm-hmm. which could pack them. Well, mm-hmm. they had like ver- they had like commentaries. That was like the only thing that the original ones had, I believe. Right, but the Criterion's had new commentaries. Yeah, like yeah the, definitely. Like the, the Armageddon one, the famous Armageddon <laughs> Ben Affleck commentary that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, where he trashes the movie. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> so, so he completes his his laser disc set, and now he has. Not only the Laserdisc complete collection, but he has the entire DVD and the Blu-ray collection. So he not only collects all the spines, but he collects all the spines that have different covers. Okay. Like and every he, individual version. So say the first release of a film, like Seven Samurai is an example, I think, because it came out on DVD originally. And I think there's a paper version and there's a plastic case version. Okay. So he buys every version of those films. Okay. And he claims that this was completely just by happenstance that he that he did this right at some point i think at some point he said he realized he had a large collection and then just decided to complete it yeah Yeah. i mean i don't know that sounds like it's all pretty deliberate to me i don't i don't know he was very um he's very stoic and very straightforward with his answers but he's also a little bit cryptic he's mysterious and it's um zoe how you doing over there you making your noise she's making her noise okay that's okay we like her. She's given us our input. Yes. Yeah. So, make sure I'm on here. <laughs> Is this thing on? Hello? So, so he inspired well, the, me. The, well, the driver of a white Toyota Camry. <laughs> the owner of a white sedan. You look your lights, lights on. on. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was... So basically, he's got every single... He's got a whole closet of this shit. Mm-hmm. And that inspired me to not want to go to that level. But I am on in the process now of only collecting for that Criterion collection. Mm-hmm. That's my goal right now is I want to have every spine, at least, okay. at least one of them. I feel like if there's a theme to take away from this episode, it's do what you follow your dream, do what you want to do. Yeah, like I'm I'm getting to the point in my collecting where there's not really any desire in me to buy newer films. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Like anything post, like, unless you have a few rare releases, like an A24 release or a Safdie Brothers release, because I'm a hipster. Yeah. Um, thank you for introducing me to them, by the way. Oh, the Safdies? Yeah, you're, I you're love very the Safdies. Um, but yeah, that seems to be, it gives me something individualized to focus on. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just going to start by buying them all in order mm-hmm. with uh, out of print ones first. And then every time there's a Criterion sale, I'll just go. I feel the same way. I mean, I have no interest in collecting like the new Godzilla versus Kong on DVD or something like that. I mean, severely lacking in the Godzilla versus Kong content, if you ask me. Yeah, I was. That's kind of where I'm thinking. Like, I've heard arguments like, you know, is is physical media dying? Physical media for bullshit is going to die. Yeah. I don't think there's going to get to a point where there's no point of them putting. The Conjuring 7 on DVD. Yes. Because but, nobody in their right mind is going to buy it. But like, right. there's always going to be someone like me who, like, no, regardless of how bad the new Star Wars movie is, I'm going to want to own a Blu-ray or DVD mm. or whatever copy of it. Yeah. Like, the only one that I don't have is Solo. That's also the only one I haven't seen. You're not missing much. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed Solo. I thought it was the best of the... I, I of actually the two, of the two, it was probably the better one. I hated Rogue One. Oh, so. hmm. is it time for you guys now. to argue about Rogue One? What you like Rogue One? I love. He Rogue loves one. it. Loved it. I got to be honest. I was, I was not expecting anything from Rogue One, and the only 
plus of that movie was Mads Mikkelsen appearance. I other than that, the movie was just very bland. It's interesting. I've warmed up to Rogue One quite a bit over the years. Um, I, I mean, used it has to, been five years since I've seen it. So I I used to feel much the same way that you did when I first saw it. I thought this is not anything this is this is this sucks and then i saw it a second time in theaters because my friend tim wanted to go i was like you know what i i didn't give it enough credit the first time this is okay and now i i I watched it a third time with my mom because my my mom wanted to see it and Mm -hmm. i thought this is not this has got some interesting stuff going on in it i think it's i think it's a little bloated I think it had too much going on for its own sake. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's like a frequent criti- criticism I have of these newer Star Wars films the, in yeah. general. Unfortunately, but. the task that it had to, um, the goal it had to meet was it had to act as its own standalone story, but also, but also a prequel. Yeah, but also be a prequel to A New Hope. Yes, and in my humble opinion, I think they did that very very well because you don't have to see any of the other Star Wars movies. To watch Rogue One and know what's going on. I think I somewhat disagree. I think it succeeds as being a prequel, but I don't feel that it succeeds quite as being its own story. And because just because I I did never felt connected to any of the character the new characters. I was very interested. Probably because they all died. I don't know. I <laughs> cried when um, I think the the droid's name was KSO two. I cried yeah. when he got got shot up. I did like KSO two. I I. And I, I don't know. I, I love that film. I loved it. Thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who lives out in Texas who hated all of the new Star Wars movies except that one. Mm. That's a little... But it's a inter- big fan. It's just interesting, the dichotomy, because I was going back through some of my old YouTube videos, and I used to do a movie review show mm-hmm. called Flick Off. Yeah. And, uh, LOL. I only put out a few episodes. I wrote a lot more episodes, but just for whatever reason, never released them. Um. Maybe we'll go back and retroactively change that one day, but probably not. But <laughs> no, probably not. You know, it, I, I I would like to get back more into it. But the point is, I was going back and watching those again, and I was surprised to see that I gave Solo like an eight out of ten. Like I was really into it at the time, and it, my opinion on that has has really gone down in the same way that my Rogue One opinion has really gone up. It's you know, it's 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 interesting the passage of time, what it does to your opinions on on yeah. film. I mean, when I first saw it, I mean, like I said, I wasn't expecting much, and the the only thing I took out of it was that the Force Unleashed video game had a better story than that fucking movie. I don't know. I liked the Force Unleashed too. The, I thought the Force Unleashed storyline was game. was so much better. I mean, it was kind of a repetitive game, but the storyline was so fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like they had this this storyline where there was this rogue Jedi or this rogue Sith that Darth Vader found on on when he was right. I think Named when Star they were Killer. when they it's, were murdering Wookies on Kashyyyk. He, so he was on Kashyyyk because he was it was after Order sixty six. He was hunting down Jedi, and he had happened to find one that he was looking for. And yeah. And after he uh, in that process, he found Star Killer and realized this child is force sensitive. So I'm gonna take him and train him as my apprentice and we're going to go ahead and kill all the other Sith Lords that are around and eventually yeah. go for the Emperor. But but then Starkiller ends up going rogue with a blind Jedi Master mm-hmm. or whatever and tries to take on Darth Vader. I played it on the Wii. Garbage on the Wii. Don't ever play it on the Wii. I mean, that's how I played it. Ah. <laughs> I enjoyed the 
that it, part of it. I let's so, be honest, most games on the Wii were <laughs> not good. I had bought a copy of it in college for my Xbox 360, and I had just started it and played a little bit of it, and then like while the game was running, decided to change the orientation mm. of my Xbox from laying flat on the on the desk to standing up and down. Mm. And in the process of doing that, I ended up scratching the fuck out of the disc, and it just became unreadable. Yeah. Well, you just have to get it resurfaced. I'd just rather buy a new copy. It's probably like ten dollars. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I bought I it at GameStop. I'm pretty positive around like eight or nine dollars. Yeah, I would. I really wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about that too much. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I was. I never played the second one, so I don't really know where the storyline went. I heard it was garbage, but yeah. the first one was awesome. I just felt like that would have been a better storyline, but once Disney came in, it was obviously going to be stricken from canon because they got to redo everything. Thanks, Kathleen. Thanks, Kathleen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, as far as Solo goes, I just felt it was more... It was definitely a fan service movie. I mean, the Darth Maul appearance was kind of kind of corny. Yeah. Just based on the fact that he was ne- it was never expanded on later. It's I mean, okay. It, it was in... This is the, this is the problem I have with Star Wars and Marvel and all that stuff. It was expanded upon, mm-hmm. but in the comic books and the the TV show. Yeah, Darth like Maul that. plays a big role in the Clone Wars TV show I'm, yeah, and I'm Rebels. But this is the problem that I have with these these, for lack of a better word, nerd franchises is because you get the same response from every single one of these fans. You have to read the comics to understand what's happening. I shouldn't have to read the comics to understand what the fuck is happening. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have to agree with that. Like, uh, So I'm a big fan of the Dark Souls and this, the, Soul, the Soulsborne series of video games. Mm-hmm. I love playing them. But the amount of fucking homework you have to do to be able to play those games successfully and understand what is going on mm-hmm. is just absolutely ridiculous. One of, my, one of my favorite film YouTubers of all time, Fanboy Flicks, Mark from Fanboy Flicks. He has an excellent quote. Reading a book should never be a prerequisite to watching the movie. Right. The movie should be able to stand on its own, fill in all the gaps on its own, right. tell the story on its own. You should never have, because that's, how, how many times have you heard that as a criticism I when feel a, like a movie adaption? If you have well, to, if you had read the book, you would know what's going on. I shouldn't have to read the book. Because if you're it's adapting something, you should be focusing more on making it its own thing than making it based on a book. Right. Like, The Godfather, the book, is much different than The Godfather, the film. <laughs> yes. Like, for example, um, the side character in the beginning that Sonny is hooking up with at the wedding has a subplot in the book where she uh, she can't handle the size of Sonny's dick, and this is like a major plot point throughout the novel. <laughs> I'm not making this up. That's and, funny as fuck. And you like, can't make this shit up, kids. There's a, a, well, I would say you can't make it up, but apparently you can, because Mario <laughs> Puzo made it up. Um, it's the same thing with like, like the weird sex scene in the, the It book. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Where the co-author of the book was cocaine. Um, (laughs) Like it's just. Thankfully, it was cut out of the film adaptions. Like that's, you know, that's what we need. You know, it should be able to stand on its own because you're transforming it into something else. You shouldn't have to read a wiki to have Mm -hmm. to understand the basic plot of something. Yes. Well, I think that's a Marvel. uh, What do you call it? holier than thou kind of thing yeah i i remember the last marvel movie that i watched was age of ultron and i remember watching that movie and characters just being introduced and 
I realizing like, you had to have seen like the last nine movies to yeah. understand what was happening. And after that, I was like, I'm not watching any more of these fucking movies. I feel like the Marvel and DC thing is kind of where you can draw that line because mm-hmm. DC fans just like to go into everything and like to pick apart everything that's wrong yeah. with the movie. And Marvel fans just like to get their dick sucked by everything that yeah. everything it's that right Marvel does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the at least Star Wars like has the 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 text scroll in the beginning yeah. that tells you what's going on, mm-hmm. and it always starts in medias rest, so like you just know what's going on. Yeah. But Star Wars fans are never happy. The like, joke the joke is no one likes to hate Star Wars more than the fans. Like yeah. the greatest film trilogy of all time, the uh, Dollars trilogy by Sergio Leone. You don't need to watch one and two to understand the good, mm-hmm. the bad, and the ugly. They're not really connected, if you will. But they're kind of like you have to, you don't have to watch them all. You can just kind of experience them individually. Right. If you watch Thor and then you watch Iron Man, you're kind of going to be confused because then you're going to see portions. Well, I, don't, I don't know what the comparison is, but you're going to see, <laughs> you're going to see like portions of other films in the next film mm-hmm. and it can be kind of confusing. Like the only, I remember I saw Iron Man when it came out. And then we, me and my dad went to see Winter Soldier because we wanted to see the Captain America movie. And he's right. like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Who are all of these people? Yeah. Who are you people? Like, obviously now they've been so ingrained in us in pop culture that we, most of us know who they are going into it. But for the, the older audience, it might be a little more difficult. because I just remember sitting through Age of Ultron and seeing Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver being introduced. And I, was, I had to lean into my friends and go, hey, who the fuck are all of these people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know who any of these characters are. I don't get mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I mean, at least they didn't do the Suicide Squad thing where they, oh my they fuck, spent where they 45 spent, minutes addressing. They spent half the movie addressing the characters, at, uh, introducing this them. This is Katana. At least I would advise not getting killed by her. That everyone got whatever in, you just did, don't do that again. I, I said a T. But <laughs> every, every, it was very loud. Yep. Yeah. Everyone got introduced at least twice. In the beginning of Suicide Squad. So what are we, some kind of Suicide Squad? That's very disappointing. You know, I've never watched Suicide Squad, but I've watched the Folding Ideas video about Suicide Squad a bunch of times. Would you like to watch Suicide Squad? Not at all. Okay. The only movie... I was about to say, we could make it happen. The only film... (laughs) FYE is still open for another two hours. The only film... I have some trade-ins to do. The only movie related to Suicide Squad that I want to see is... um, Birds of Prey, like the Harley Quinn movie. That's the mm. only one I'm interested in. I have no interest in that at all. It's the only one that looks good. <laughs> I hope the James Gunn Suicide Squad does much better. Suicide Squad 2, Suicider yeah. Squatter. <laughs> <laughs> two Suicide like two, 2 Squad. squad. Suicide Squad 2, Electric Boogaloo. Suicide Squad 3, <laughs> Tokyo Drift. <laughs> um, I had a thought. The suicide and the Squad. I had a thought today that I wanted to discuss, speaking, hearkening back to our little criterion discussion. Yes. So, but real quick, I had a, a thing that I wanted to discuss because we have breaking news on oh, the right. podcast. I, I had forgotten about this. Um, would you like to explain why you blocked Bryce on Twitter? I blocked Bryce on Twitter? No. Oh. What had happened was. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, we'll get to the breaking news, but I'm going to tell I purposely did it, whatever you're about to tell me. <laughs> yes. I purposely clicked your account 500 times on purpose. Why? So, because I knew he was watching. So, so I, I wanted to see if he would react. Not going to lie. I got, I got logged out of that app 
for whatever reason. And then I couldn't remember the password to my Instagram account to log back in. So I just uninstalled it. So I can't see who sees my Instagram anymore. So that's not what you're talking about. That is not no. what I'm talking about. Oh. talking about. This is Twitter related. Okay. So your account, the Bobby Valentine fan club, the official children's programming account, was listed as temporarily restricted according to his phone. I had lost a follower on Twitter, and I know this because I only have like twelve of them. And what I the went, fuck? "What did we I, get banned for?" But I said, That's, "You're not." I that said, was the breaking news. We were expecting you to have the answer. Oh, I don't have the but answer. See, we'll have to check that live. I had. I was like, "Oh, I must have like retweeted some commie shit that Dixon wasn't feeling," and then he just <laughs> unfollowed me. And then I went to go check. And, I have to check that now, actually, and through Nick's profile because children's programming is linked in your bio mm -hmm. i saw that message saying that you were restricted and i was like oh that would explain it and it gives it's like this account uh, this account is temporarily restricted over some content would you like to view it anyway and i'm like well fuck yeah i want to look at it so live on the air we're going to discover what, what restricted i don't, I don't know what restriction they're here 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 let, let me i'm gonna i'm gonna download twitter because i don't have it on my phone i'm dead because i'm trying to uh you know do the whole no social media thing. Cannot relate. I live on that bitch. <laughs> what are you doing there? I'm going to go to Nick's profile and show you the uh, the process here. The fact that... So, at co-host of at Chai Programming, I click it. Caution, this account is temporarily restricted. You're seeing this warning because there's been some unusual activity from this account. Do you still want to view it? And it says you're following zero people. And uh -oh. I thought it was weird because... Dixon tends to interact with a lot of my tweets. And I'm like, I haven't heard anything from him in oh, a while. I know what it is. What'd you do? I, okay, so uh, kids, when you use a VPN, uh, make sure you uh, don't use it with Twitter. Uh, so that is your answer there. It's not as exciting as you thought it would be. You got banned for using a VPN. Correct. Can you, can you elaborate? Yeah. You can now safely go back to see what's happening. There you go. And now you should be able... To click on it. So is, is my follower count back up to 27 where it belonged? <laughs> yep. It says by the Bobby Valentine fan club. Oh, follows sorry about you. that, kids. I was like, why would I? Wait, zero followers. Why am I following zero people? It's not true. You're following me. I just looked at it. Maybe you need to stop. Okay. It hasn't updated. I always forget that like phone signals mess with microphones. And I keep putting my phone way yeah, too they, close they do, to the they mic. Yeah, they do do that on occasion. I'm gonna stick my phone over here on the chair. Yeah, it's got it's got to update because uh, that's uh, not not correct. I, I follow many people. No, I just thought it was interesting. I was like, it's the same amount of followers. We have like five, but but I was like, what in the world could I have possibly said that made Dixon unfollow you, me? You you can anything on your spectrum of the of of viewpoints <laughs> is never gonna offend me. There are things on the opposite spectrum. Something some things that you say occasionally that maybe get might offend somebody that's not me. Mm -hmm. But I know it's you. I'm so dead. it's okay. Because mm. I know you have some some stupid opinions sometimes that I don't agree <laughs> with. But I have some I have some dank. This is the ones. man who once was reading the art of the deal in in the store once while when he came to work. Listen, you can learn a lot from that book. I stand by I'm, it. I'm sure you can. You can learn a lot about how to bamboozle people. I can bamboozle. learn how to throw that book at the wall. <laughs> Speaking of bamboozled, I've tried to watch that like a bunch of times and bamboozle. It just like doesn't Spike Lee. It just makes me feel like uncomfortable, and I think that's the intention of it. And I think that with that, it, it succeeds. Are you familiar with Bamboozled, the Spike Lee joint? 
Not at all. Are you familiar with Spike Lee? I know he directed that movie, Do the Right Thing. Ooh. But basically, the right thing. The, what I like to say is, if you name a movie, chances are I have not watched it. Well, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to introduce him to some films at yes. some point. Perhaps this evening. I, Perhaps. I I've watched more movies in the past year than I feel like I have in my entire life. Can we watch Ron, please? What? Can we watch Ron? Yes. Oh yes. Not tonight, though. The <sighs> fuck is Ron? Ron's like two hour, two and a half hours long. So no, thank you. I'm not in the mood for Ron. What are you in today? the mood for then? Armageddon, directed by Michael Bay. I, I mean, I've had a, a pretty rough day, so I'm in the mood for some comfort food. If we are going to watch something. So, so what you're speak. saying is, we're gonna watch Clerks. What you're saying? <clears throat> Wasn't even supposed to. <laughs> is that what you're saying, or are you gonna go with a more traditional route and watch uh, Walk the Line because it's more? In the in walk the, the line is uh you know on the tip top you know it's a beautiful beautiful movie. Oh wait, I'm a big obviously fan of that movie. he needs some comfort. You've seen Walk the Line, right? Of course. Yeah. Oh, I said like I haven't seen. I saw it recently. The girl actually liked it a lot. She enjoyed it. The girl meaning my girlfriend. Oh, the I girl I currently I, date. I th I was confused. I thought she met Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, 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 no. None of that. I was like, I would hope she did. She won a fucking Oscar for it. <laughs> um, What were you we talking about? Comfort for food films. Comfort so, films. So you want to watch the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford? Um, No. It's, it, that's quite sad. Quite depressing. It's fact. also very long, and I, I imagine I'll still have a lot of questions about what is happening. Ron is not it, you know what I mean? It's a serious Shakespearean drama. <laughs> the decline of, uh, of, of a The of decline a of a Japanese royal family. So Ron is essentially... Um, Akira Kurosawa went through this period where he was basically remaking Shakespeare, uh -huh. but... You know, for Japanese audience, but doing it better than Shakespeare. Could Shakespeare? Yes, ar arguably okay. doing it better than Shakespeare. And Ron is his version of King Lear. Okay, um, just like a Throne of Blood, for example, was his version of Macbeth. Mm -hmm. um, Seven Samurai isn't a Shakespeare story. That's like no, that's just like a that's Japanese just a, legend. Just I a believe. great film. Yeah, and the inspiration for the Magnificent Seven. Yes, which is a probably a far inferior film. I like the the one with Steve McQueen and Yul Brenner. That yeah. was good. I've never seen the never Denzel seen Washington version. The um, I actually watched Seven Samurai last weekend. Actually, it's first great. the first time I ever watched it. I'm it's like tremendous. God damn, this is a great fucking movie. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's probably a movie you have to take a day out to watch because it's three and a half hours long. Um, it's a very quick three and a half hours, um, but is it's a beautiful beautiful film. You know, it's really weird because I I have all the patience in the world mm -hmm. to like watch a two-hour youtube video mm -hmm. on a topic i'm interested in but if you ask yeah. me to watch like a one hour or an hour and 15 minute movie i'm like no thanks mm -hmm. i think it's because like you get explained things when you watch videos like that mm -hmm. and you like the the guidance when you go into a movie like seven samurai and especially since you don't speak the language it's kind of like i think if it's you're not also, into it then it, it can be a little jarring i think this it's also the element of you seem like to be like someone that's very driven toward personalities mm -hmm. you know what i mean like you like mm -hmm. um like your favorite youtube channels are like the punk rock mba donut media stuff like that like what do these channels have in common they're all kind of dynamic personalities that are sharing how they feel with the world mm -hmm. that's something that i feel like you're very into you're very in touch with your own opinions and yep. you like to hear others 
viewpoints also shout out to h bomber guy and his new video about vaccines that shit ruled but it was like two and a half hours long and right. i watched the whole thing right but like that's something like there's no movie that's like that you know what i mean that's something that's very tv slash mm -hmm. new media yeah but you know it's it's totally a it's it's a different form of of you know expressing the same ideas expressing the yeah. same thoughts but it's it's doing it in a more um more conversational way i guess you could say mm -hmm. you know more definitely yeah yeah i mean classic film can be a little tricky for newer folk because it is kind of weird because despite the fact that people watch long form content old movies that are that long are not long form they're not long form content mm -hmm. they're they're expected to be watched in one viewing mm -hmm. you know and i know some people probably watch 3 or 4 hour you know streams of things and but i think they mostly do it for to pass the time i don't know if anybody's watching a five hour video i mean you might be the exception but is anybody watching a five hour video like straight through and just paying attention to it the entire time oh yeah they yeah are. yeah well we talk about this on the show sometimes i know i mean i mean i guess you could people. say that it's like with with series when you watch tv shows it's like that it's like a talk show that goes on for a longer yeah time. yeah definitely it's almost like that I mean, we, we create a thing that could go for longer than that. Yes. So, And we create it well, damn it. I, I mean, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes another, we do. It's time for another adult beverage. Enjoy your say. adult beverage. I'm going to enjoy my, uh, my uh, pinkity drinkity. No, I thought only Twinks drank pink drink. I mean, I'm not one of those. So are you mm. allowed to say that because you're part of the community? Yes. Can we just talk about how um, every corporation in the world can go fuck themselves not just in general by being shitty but by the fact that every corporation feels the need once the june comes around they need to put a rainbow on every one of their logos they wonder how throughout the other 11 months of the other like how can we fuck over the lgbt's but then june rolls around and they're like yeah slay queen do a death drop we love rupaul's drag race and go mm -hmm. hunty and just it's like it's like um, Black History Month in February. Yeah. Every every February, cor uh, corporate America pretends to care about um, the African American community for eleven months out of the you year. You sound great, right there, by the way. Thank you. For eleven yes. months out of the year, they're very racist. Yes. The biggest crock I should have ever heard is Amazon saying they're an equal opportunity employer. Get the fuck out of here. Amazon can suck my fucking nuts. We literally <laughs> walked by an Amazon four star. Um, and he goes store tonight. I said, I fucking hate you, Jeff. <laughs> I know you're not the CEO of that godforsaken company anymore, but I still fucking hate you, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Can I, I mean, just say, what does it say about our society that the two richest women in the world both got their wealth by divorcing the richest men in the world? I mean, three, because the Walton family, the, oh, yeah. the, the wife, because <laughs> she survived. Right. Um. I remember after it was announced that Bill Gates was having his was getting a divorce from Melinda Gates. Mm -hmm. There were all these like joke or like fake screenshots of um I messages going around to like Queen of Elizabeth, like, "Hey, what you doing? <laughs> you up right now? You want to hang out?" <laughs> Bill's going for the queen. You know what's even sadder when you think about that though is who's the richest self-made woman billionaire? That's I think question. Oprah, right? Oprah probably, right? That's probably the the sadder of the of the question, not the fact that divorced women are the richest, but mm -hmm. the fact that there's not that many self made billionaires that are I, women. I feel like it's it's got to be Oprah. Yeah. I'm gonna Google it right now. I'd imagine. Um, 
Remember when Jose Canseco predicted that Melinda Gates and A-Rod will be publicly dating by the end of the <laughs> um, The answer is Francoise Betancourt Myers, L'Oreal Aris. But Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about like self-made. I'm not saying that she as a, earned. She inherited all that. So yeah. arguably, Kylie I'm, I'm Jenner. not saying that is a bad thing that they did, that they inherited. That's fine. I don't mind that. But well, if they're billionaires, they, that's a different. Anyway, um, so I'm just saying like somebody who like came from the bottom and built their way up. And I guess you could say the billionaires like that we have at the top, like yeah. the Bill Gates and the uh, the Elon Musk's and uh, Daddy Bezos mm-hmm. have, um, you know, built from the bottom up. But still, they're they're shitheads. We fucking um, hate them. They're shitheads, and I will beat all of them up in a fight. <laughs> I'm challenging Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos to one-on-one single-hand combat. I, so we have um we have a Jose Canseco watch. Ooh. Um, I will be at Jose Canseco Showtime Car Wash tomorrow Friday car wash. from one till two p.m. <laughs> Car wash? What Jose, do you mean car wash? Jose Canseco owns his own car wash. It's called Jose Canseco Showtime Car Wash. I, mean, I, uh, I guess you got to do something when you don't play baseball anymore. This huh? is true. We I, also have um, a father of all watch. Ooh. <laughs> um, so. Oh, my God. So I forgot about this. The Babadook. Infamous um, horror film. Yes. Infamous bad horror film. The Babadook. Bad horror film? I, I did. I, the I think loved it's bad. It. I pride, did not like the it. The pride of Chris Stuckman, not <laughs> the pride of Bryce and myself. I did not like the Babadook. Um, but they're releasing a sequel called The Duke Two. The Duke Two. <laughs> no, it's, it was called The Babadook Two: Return of, of the, the Duke. Duke. <laughs> um, <laughs> so is that your father of all updates? Well, I'm just saying. Like, let's play the game. New Green Day album or new Babadook sequel, Return of the Duke. <laughs> I mean, tell but, me that wouldn't be like. See, I thought you were going to tell the story about how they ha- there's a song off oh, of Father of All that yeah, is now oh, playing yeah, is, at the is radio on, oh, at yeah, our job. Our well, we've already talked playlist. about that a week or two yeah. ago, I believe. Okay, because yeah. I was working two nights ago or two days ago and Nick was like, you know, this is a Green Day song. And I was like, fuck you. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> Pulls out the Shazam. I was right. <laughs> I said, hey, Google, what song is playing right now? Yeah, you bastard. She's going to listen for a song right now. Hey, Google, what song is this? It's Zoe. Sleeping over? No. She's just making her noises. Yeah, she's making her apnea noises. Yeah. Not eating her food, I see. I'm going to get you canceled, Zoe. Did you guys hear that uh, Donald Trump started a blog last week? And this week he announced that his blog is uh, getting shut down. Good. And uh, it only had about like a thousand retweets or whatever or views. Kind of kind of funny. The internet has decided, Donald, you're not welcome. Get the fuck off the platform. <laughs> Just leave. <laughs> Nobody wants you around except like your base. How Do long you th- believe that he's going to start his own media empire? No. no. Not at all. I, I, I think people are tired of him. I did until a certain point, but now it's been so long since the election that I don't think he's going to do it. I honestly I don't like think if he's, he was going to, he would have already. You know what I mean? I don't think he's even going to make a serious push in 2024. Either. Oh, I do. I think he's running again. I think he'll run again, but I, I don't think he's going to get the same support that he did last year. Every, every now and then, I like to listen to Pod Save America. Mm-hmm. And I, they have this, they do a, like a Snapchat short version of the podcast. And this week's 
like little Snapchat thing is like, here's how the 2024 election can be stolen with like an image of Donald Trump mm-hmm. on June 6th, like chilling up at the podium. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. Like, well, the answer is that the way he would do it is split the vote so that it has to go to the House and then rely on a Republican controlled House. But it, it depends on if it's a Republican controlled House in. 2024. Right, but I'm I'm saying that's like the path that you would take yeah. if you wanted to. He's gonna ha- he's gonna have a big democracy. hope. The next election is next year, so. Oh, for the next uh, senators or whatever. Yeah, the midterm the midterm election is 2022. That's when um House every seat in the House is up for re-election, and then mm-hmm. ha- um, I think half the senators are up. Is Cuomo up for re-election this year? Hey Google. When's the next governor's race in New York? So he's got another year. Yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't um, bowed out yet. Cuomo? I mean, it just seems Once like... Once he didn't after like the sexual harassment stuff, it was like, I knew he I, wasn't he's, gonna... he's pulling a Trump with that one. <laughs> I honestly... I, he I knew he wasn't going to. And then he decided right before... My girlfriend made this point. He decided to raise their mask... Or lift the mask mandate the week before his daughter was getting married. Mm. So he could have a wedding. That was her theory, mm-hmm. but that's Chris Christie closing down the beach so that him and his family can go hang out. That was yeah. the funniest shit when you said during Hurricane Sandy he was like, "Get the hell off the beach," and then went like two years beach. later, went to the beach. <laughs> no, nothing was funnier than the bridge gate fiasco. We were driving through. We drove through Fort Lee today, and I'm literally looking around. And I went, "I'm sorry he did that to y'all." Yeah, you guys didn't vote for him, so he was like, "Fuck you." I'm closing the G Dubs. Do you guys play the Sopranos theme when you drive over to the uh, the Parkway, or is that just this me? Is that just me? I got some <laughs> this guy's uh. I've this, never I've never watched an episode of The Sopranos. Oh, you're missing out. But I, I've watched the video game Donkey review of The Sopranos video game for the PlayStation 2. I saw The Sopranos game for sale. It's one time in hot um, garbage. In uh, in um, do you say that because you've played it or because you watched the video game Donkey video? All I have to do is see the video. I'm looking at it. That's I'm all like, you need. I would never play this game. I have played it and it's <laughs> trash. But I saw it for sale at Dark Side Records the last time I was there. I was really tempted. I've been actually looking for like a cheap PS2 somewhere. Yeah. So I could relive some of my youth. You're welcome to borrow mine if you want. But I they, no, I'm buying. They are very. Well, now it's a little difficult. I say wait a little bit because the game market is so inflated right now. Everybody's well, it's probably going to come to an end now that everybody's leaving their houses. That's what I'm saying. Look, I got mm-hmm. I got an Xbox 1 for 100 bucks. Yeah. You know, it's not Well, modern consoles not so much. It seems to be like people there's there's not enough of the consoles right now so they're going backward right and then they go backward and that's sold out there's no ps3 I mean, so then you, they go back and back until they can find something they can play you can always get an emulator and try to play a rom of the sopranos video game if that exists it's, no i'll just get the ps it's a game. very I mean, the games are like f- two bucks at goodwill it's so a it's very like, difficult system to emulate mm-hmm. and i have not found well it's probably because i use a mac I'm sure it's a but lot the easier other, on PC. The other thing is like, how hard could it be to find one? It's the best-selling game system of all time. That's true. I'm going there, on there are eBay a lot right of them now. There are a lot of them out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's not the best condition, but like people can still, fix that shit. They were still selling them in stores up until about six years ago. Yeah. I which mean, shows the longevity of it. So there's plenty of them out there. Yeah. You can still find like loose. It's co- like the Toyota Corolla of video game systems. You can still find like uh, scattered copies of Tiger Woods 2006 at a. Uh, at a Walmart here. Nice. Nice. So the last time I was on the show, I was talking about getting a Volkswagen GTI and then I did. 
and yeah. I got the manual, and I keep making jokes that I'm going to change my shift knob. To oh, this. it's not a joke. <laughs> He's gonna, going to do I'm it. I'm going to buy. So if you have Goose Island IPA in your bar, in your bar on, on tap, the handle for it is a gooseneck with like a full head <laughs> and beak. And I keep saying I'm going to buy one of the handles and make it my shift knob. Because I think it'd be funny as fuck, and they're only like twenty five bucks. It's not original. I'm so mad I like that it. you can't replace the shift knob on an automatic because that would be really funny. I mean, you and could just custom make it. If you wanted to, I guess. But you know, you just have to make some sort of amount. You'd have to jerry rig something for the the button to go through. All right, a PlayStation Two. I already uh, looked it up here. <sighs> I already read it to you. So, like, if you get like just the system, it should run you about a hundred bucks. If you want this one, I'm looking at with two two wireless controllers is. 169 nice yeah yeah you probably want to go with the wireless controllers uh i'm only buying cube? it if it's 69 dollars and 42 cents a <laughs> yeah i mean i haven't played it in the last few years i used to i played it for years just because it's mm-hmm. there was always a lot of games i for have it. some of your games yeah i know you i know, gave you a few I, of them. I i, I took the ones that would help me relive my youth for example ford mustang racing simulator (laughs) did you take gran turismo i did not gran turismo is a really good one because it was one of the only ps2 games that could that could um display natively i think in 720 or Mm -hmm. 1080 yeah because it was right at the end of the i think it was right at the end of the lifespan where it was it was a little more common to see composite yeah that was and it had every car you could possibly it it has every car you could ever imagine yeah yeah you can I mean, you can drive a Corolla a G6 in there. It 100 percent does. Yeah. The uh, the manual for the original Gran Turismo is like a fucking phone book thick. I know. That's really based funny. on all the you cars. You still have it, right? The original Gran Turismo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I believe I'll, so. I'll buy it off of you. Yeah, you can you can buy it. I think I didn't pay that much for it. So. I'll sell it to you for whatever I paid it for. Who's talking outside? I don't know. It's one of our neighbors. We have a window open because it's like hot outside. Ah, uh, yeah. But yeah. I can go close it. No, don't. No, you're fine. About it. We're, we sound, I was just curious. We're sounding pretty okay, I think, yeah. so far. Excellent. Um, so yeah, I wanted to talk about the Trump thing. That was a brief conversation. I wanted to talk about, like, going back to the whole Criterion thing. Uh, like, I, I, have a, I have a moral issue here. Yes. So what? what happens when I get to my collecting point where I get to the films of Roman Polanski? What do I do? You I mean, buy them you buy them for the collection, the collection, but then you don't watch them. <laughs> Morally... You, I, here's the thing with, there's only, there's only like one, so it's not like it's that big of a deal, but it is, it's, it's tough. It really is. Um, I, the hardest thing for me, or I should say the thing that I keep in mind, or at least that I tell myself to make myself feel less guilty about it is I just think about all the people who worked on stuff like that, that weren't roman polanski yeah and i mean yeah that weren't absolute like trash human <sighs> yeah it, it, it's tough like, like it's the same thing with like uh like kevin spacey movies like when i watch seven mm-hmm. i tell myself to feel less bad about it by thinking well brad pitt didn't rape a kid yeah. morgan freeman didn't rape a kid it kind of helps that kevin spacey is playing the trash human in that movie yes or like American Beauty is well, he's also kind he's of playing also, the trash. I, in that. He's playing his his real life role in that movie. <laughs> I yeah, judge it as, when it comes to Kevin Spacey in particular. I judge it based on that. If he's playing kind of a minor character, I kind of let it slide. But like, I sold American Beauty like immediately after that whole thing happened. Like, I couldn't. I can never watch it again. It just doesn't. 
it, it doesn't register. You're, you're watching like, him be rapey in exactly, real time. Yeah. But like, what Kevin Spacey movie is there that he's playing the hero? You the know only I mean? the only like, movie that matters in my life that I give a shit about is Seven. So I'm not really a big Kevin Spacey guy. And he's the murderer. Yeah. The only movie you care about is Seven. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and then another thing is... Every movie that I own is a copy of Seven. I have 2,000 copies of Seven. (laughs) Have you seen seen Nine Lives with Kevin Spacey? Um, Was that uh, Ralph the Movie Maker's favorite movie of uh, 2011 or whatever it was? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Well, at least I never have to own that because I... Kevin Spacey movie. Can't yeah, do it's it. a Kevin Spacey movie where he plays the hero. It, it's like the same argument like, okay, so now I can't watch Chinatown. Now I can't watch. I mean, well, that's-, that's the thing. Like, I, I feel less bad about it by saying, well, Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway didn't yeah. do that stuff. Robert Town, the, who is the reason that movie is so great. Didn't I mean, do that stuff. Robert yeah. Town, uh, uh, Chinatown is always regarded as like the perfect screenplay. Like reading any screenplay book, they'll tell you. Chinatown is basically as perfect as you can get. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's the only one I can really want to watch just because of, of its historical significance. But I just, I struggle like morally, like what am I supposed to do with these certain films once I get to them in the collection? And it's sad because there was one time when I could have bought, uh, I could have bought Rosemary's Baby for like 20 bucks at CEX back when they existed in here. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're unfortunately they went out of business in the U.S. I think they're still a U.K. vehicle, but um, you know, now it's out of print, so it's like ninety bucks. I was like, am I really gonna spend a hundred dollars on a fucking Roman Polanski film? So that's where I kind of get that moral gray area. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, I, I definitely. It's troubling. Like I don't like. At some point, we're gonna get to the point where like we we have to just let it be. Because how are we gonna like say, oh, we can't, we can't watch these films now because the X person is in it, right? It, at a certain point, you just have to, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. You, I couldn't have said like, it better. That's the, why I didn't. That's the biggest moral, the biggest moral thing I see among my films is um, Dustin Hoffman mm-hmm. because I like a lot of Dustin Hoffman films. Well, what did he do? He allegedly um, exposed himself to a girl. He allegedly made uh, lewd comments to young underage girls in the past, and he allegedly assaulted somebody in the past. Um, obviously, it's it's something that was significant enough that he hasn't been around in the last few years. Um, but it, it's just like, is it is it a moral thing for me, or is it just like, uh, of society has canceled him, so now I can't appreciate him? Like, I'm never gonna like not watch the fucking Graduate. Like, I love the Graduate. Uh huh. And it's like, like, where am I? What am I supposed to do with that? Like, now I'm not supposed to enjoy a film I love because that's the the thing. Like, what at the end of the day, what can you do? Yeah, I mean, I'm never gonna watch a Woody Allen film again based on what I saw in that fucking documentary. The most ironic thing about that whole thing is I I've been watching HBO Max a lot now. Uh huh. They have two Woody Allen films on HBO Max. Yikes! In addition to the documentary, it's a little, it's a little, um, which two? I have no idea. It's probably two of the obscure ones. I don't mm-hmm. think it, it wasn't like Annie Hall or anything like that. Okay. So, but uh, I don't I mean, know. Even that's a tough one. Like I, I really always loved Annie Hall for a long time when I was younger. I, I can't like, do I, it. I, it's hard, man. I try and I can't. It's, yeah. it's tough. Like it's I think really it's different tough. with with Chinatown and Rosemary's Baby because you don't see Roman Polanski in those films. He's not there. Mm-hmm. So well, you it, know he's involved. Yeah. And but it's just like. 
yeah, like being being able to see Kevin Spacey is troubling because you know what he's done. Um, but you know, even like Dustin Hoffman, like I said, it's it, it's something I I really wrestle with a lot morally. I mean, I get it. I have a hard time listening to um a lot of Panic at the Disco's music. Why is that? Because I I'd read an article about how Brendan Urie would like kiss up on his bandmates and be like, oh, I'm figuring out myself out sexually. Like, don't worry about it. And he would do it. And then be like, bro, don't do that. Like, I'm not, I'm not into that. I don't like when you do that. And then he would do it anyway. Mm -hmm. So after learning that, I was like, oh, well, yeah, I don't know if I can listen to I write sins, not tragedies the same way. (laughs) Because he was like acting kind of rapey toward the rest of the bandmates. Yeah. And then like the reasons why he became the only person in the band like started to make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I think we're getting to a good place societally where people are finally starting to be like, yeah, that's kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as we've talked about before, I think there are situations where a person can be redeemed. Obviously, people who have committed rape or committed any sort of, you know, overt sexual assault or anything that's, you know abusive is mm-hmm. is is hard mm-hmm. you're, you're not going to come back from that very easily which or is why at all or at all yeah i mean the kevin spacey's probably not coming back his yearly christmas videos are getting really fucking creepy yes his yearly christmas videos he he, he every year on around christmas he no on christmas on every christmas, year the last three years he goes into character as frank from house of cards and <sighs> And I don't believe everything that they say. And it's just very bizarre. My question is, who is editing this and who is filming it? Right. Because (laughs) he doesn't seem like the type. Maybe it is just all him. Like, he just does the whole project himself. I'm I'm really concerned about, I mean... Is this man mentally sane? Is he gonna is he gonna go go taxi driver and you know fucking shoot the president? I mean, I don't know what he's gonna do. I mean, right? It's perhaps, perhaps. And he's is Kevin Spacey gonna appear on a talk show one day and then be like, "Do you want to hear another joke, Jimmy Fallon?" (laughs) (laughs) Um, that got dark. It got dark real quick. So, um, hmm. On a lighter note. On a lighter note. I'm actually uh, in the process of uh, bidding on Ron. Speaking of Ron oh, yeah. from before. I'm at $50 right now for a copy. You, I know you paid like a dollar for it. You're a chump. I got it at the, the, the fucking fuck, a fuck record off. store for <laughs> are, you sure, we, are you sure you don't want to just go to FYE? We can stop right now and drive out there. I mean, it's, um, it's not going to be there. Yeah. It's like you're, you'd be lucky to find it in those homes. I know. <laughs> FYE has been slim pickings lately. Yeah, I mean, well, you, I mean, it's, well, that's because it's FYE. You yeah. and I what have can we really it out of everything. What going? can we really yeah. expect? I mean, you do find things occasionally that are pretty decent. I found a uh, uh, thank you for smoking the other day. Yeah, yeah, the, that's, um, that's a funny one. Is that the Aaron Eckhart vehicle? Yes. Yeah, I've you never ever seen that. I no. Why, why am I, just, I even asking you? I no, I have. I remember seeing. Have you seen as, Juno? Yeah, I've seen Juno. That was Same his director. second film. Juno rules. Juno yes. was his second. I mean, uh, I know thank Juno you for smoking was his first. I know Juno is really just like pro life propaganda, but like, is it though? Like the whole like the the crux of the film starts because um Ellen or Elliot Page goes to go get an abortion. I like your correction there. Right? Very uh very forward of you. Yeah. Elliot Page goes to go get an abortion, and there's someone outside the clinic going, "All babies want to get born," and like gives them a whole line about how like their fingernails are growing and that's what yeah. stops them from doing it. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way. It's it's pro-life propaganda, but it's also a good movie. So It's a great movie. I watch I it. Give it a pass 
because this is probably naive of me because obviously there are ho- super hardcore pro-life women out there. Mm-hmm. But I give Juno a pass for that abortion scene thing because it was written by a woman. Yeah. And I feel like she would have more, be able to put more nuance on it. Or I mean, there you are. You know what I mean? Like, like, I just feel, I just don't believe as inherently that that's coming from a, I must mm. make a political statement type of place as I would if it was a man writer. Do you like, know what I mean? Yeah, like if Jason Reitman had wrote that scene, yeah. it might be a little more like, oh, he's just, you know, doing what you're saying. Mm-hmm. He's doing more of the propaganda thing. But yeah, a woman writing it was definitely a little more. We're but, not, it's not like we're watching a, like a comedy drama. Yeah. It's not, we're not watching Found Flicks' Unborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Starring, was that the one that starred Ben Shapiro? No, that was, um, I think the name, Ben Shapiro wasn't in the movie. Oh, he just produced it. That's he didn't right. produce it. He, he didn't? The Daily Wire hosted the movie. It's called oh, Run, Hide, oh, Fight. Oh, oh, it's a movie yeah. about right, school right. shootings, and it yes. does not handle the topic with any grace Is that, it's, whatsoever. It's die hard, but in a school it's shooting an act, It's situation. an action movie set during a school shooting. It's yeah. not like Elephant, where it's handled well at all. Did we end up losing that episode where I talk about Elephant? I think we did. Elephant's a fucking great film. It's I can't wait to watch it one day. The um the the usually occasionally I'll throw a film in my top ten and then a week later I'll be like, oh that was stupid. I probably shouldn't have done that. Elephant's a great fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it, it's such a it's such a muted and such a I don't know how to describe it. It's like you you see all these characters who don't you don't develop any sort of emotional attachment to. And then it just shows how there's so much that people don't notice when right. you, when you have a school shooting. Like you'll see, you know, the the whole crux of the film is that you got these kid this these kids roaming around little little vignettes right. during a school shooting, and you see that all these things are happening that will imply that the shooting is going to happen. You see a guy looking behind <laughs> the counter at a lunchroom. What okay. happened? Yeah. So I have to correct myself. The name of the movie was Unplanned. And Sounds about right. I learned that Michael J. Lindell, the My Pillow guy, oh is in God. the movie, but he's not credited with a character. So that leads me to believe he's just the My Pillow Mike guy. Lindell. Yeah, like that's that's the only logical conclusion that I can draw from looking at this cast list. But um, anyway, sorry. Of, I want to run it's this okay. by you. Um, we're planning on doing a music video. Yes, can I direct featuring, it? Yes. <laughs> Featuring us as um, as seen on TV, people. It's going to be like a flex seal. Can, type we, of can vibe. we light this and can we can we make a set and all that? Yes, I can, but I he's going to be dressed like the flex seal guy, and I'm going to be dressed <laughs> like Vince Offer from Shamwow. Yeah. My only issue with that is I think dressing like Vince is a really like dated reference for 2021. Like, is anyone mm. really going to know who that is except people our age? I mean, that's your demographic is people your yeah. age. Fair enough. Anyway, you were talking about elephant and I totally derailed it. With the some last time we stupid. talked about Plus, elephant kids, like I said to you before, kids will know who I am. If I show up with a sham, wow, and, or a slap chop, you're going to love my nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, every time I talk about elephant, it seems I get cut off. The last time we talked about it, I got cut yeah. off. I had to talk um, about some stupid shit anyway. But continue. In my opinion, Elephant is a film that should be included as required viewing for every high school in America. Mm-hmm. And 
the thing that a lot of people seem to give it crap for is the fact that it may or may not have inspired a school shooting of its own. But I mean, it did not. Allegedly. Well, that's, it's, I mean, that's the oldest, like, dumb excuse in the book, right? Like, that's like when they say, oh, Judas Priest caused them to kill themselves. Marilyn Manson caused Columbine, that kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah. exactly. I mean, it, it's a film. It's a piece of art. What people in do to interpret it is their prerogative. Right. I mean, it's like kind there of, are it's film, a dumb argument. There are certain pieces of art that directly tell you how to feel. Yes. But Elephant is not one of them. Yeah, like, did people read Fight Club and all of a sudden go to start their own anarchy club? Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But that wasn't something that David Fincher had in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't... There was no point in the film Fight Club where uh, Edward Norton looks at the camera and says... and, and, And grabs it and sticks his face in it and says... Everybody start your own fight club. <laughs> Everybody do it now. Everyone miss the point of the movie and go do it right now. Yeah. I mean, people did people do that. People did miss but like, the point. But wow. Yeah. Brad Pitt is so fucking cool in that movie. I'm going to be just like him. Uh-huh. And I think the, the, the reason that it probably got the elephant got that sort of viewpoint from mm-hmm. people is the fact that it shows the shooter's point of view, if you will. Yes. Like when they're in the shower and they start making out because they're like, we're going to die today, man. And it's kind of like, it is in a way sad because you see that somebody's so mentally unhinged that they, you don't see that perspective. Like, despite the fact that the people who do this shit are fucking scum, it's still sad to see somebody go to that level of madness. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you see them throughout the film, they're able to order guns on the internet and they come to the house in a fucking box. Right. And the guy just hands it to them and then the parents aren't around and nobody mm-hmm. cares. But, it's like it's making analogies about things that happen in society even today. Right. It's 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 about it's a it's a reflection of what is really going on. It's not about like it's not giving you like detailed instructions on yeah. how to do a This is how shooting. you order the gun from the internet. This is a, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's like saying that fucking it, it's 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 like saying that there's a um th- there's a, a a point in where am I going with this? I don't know. I couldn't I'm tell you. I'm not really all here today. Well, as I'm sure one you other understand. thing I got from the film was its analysis of how nobody really matters, if you will. And what I interpreted from that is throughout the film, you get, you get these stories of people in cliques. You get people who are part of the popular crowd. You get the kids who actually committed the shooting, which are kind of rejects. You get the nerdy girl. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the film, it's like all of them fucking die. Sorry for the spoilers, but it's a fucking movie about a school shooting. Everybody's going to die. Mm-hmm. And the fact that in that moment... Like, the fact that the popular kids were popular didn't save them. The fact right. that the nerdy girl was exactly. nice didn't save her. Like, it, I, I almost feel like it's making some sort of a statement that you can never be prepared for this sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's difficult to be prepared for this sort mm-hmm. of a well, thing. Well, it's like, it's, it ties back into the same theme as the episode. Life is short. You never know. It's just random chance. You yeah. never know when it's going to happen. And I think now a lot of it is because the media, I think they make it worse, honestly, because some of these kids, as they get really sick to the point where they just want attention. They're just screaming for attention. Mm-hmm. And sometimes kids act out when Well, they, you also see like the people that worship this stuff. Like there's, there's yeah. people, there's like Tumblr pages dedicated to mm-hmm. like adoring the Columbine kids. Which and, is, like, is sick, but... Yeah. <laughs> And there's like people like Richard Ramirez and like 
was getting married. Ted Bundy, people were saying. Yeah, any any serial killer. That's not you want to. You think that you can never get married? Just become a serial killer. You get married immediately. <laughs> You'll have groupies. I You'll have groupies immediately. Yeah. Charles Manson was pimping. Exactly. You know. <laughs> you know. And sometimes it happens to people who are innocent that are in jail that get married, and then they you know we're able to meet the person they love at the end. But um, Elephant should be in the Criterion Collection. It's a very underappreciated film. Criterion, get on this. It's it, it's not probably a very expensive film to One put on the One of the rare collection. HBO productions. That it's not on HBO theaters. Max, which is very... It's not it's there. Su- yeah, it's surprising. Weird. Because yeah. they have the rights. Mm-hmm. They literally made... Is American Splendor on HBO Max? It is on HBO Max. Nice. <laughs> the only reason I want to get HBO Max is so that I can watch um, the Boondocks. Kong Skull Island, is that what you want to watch? Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yes. Boondocks. You can watch all Justice League. You can no. watch uh, Justice League. Zack Snyder's Justice League. By the way, shout out Army of the Dead. That was not too bad. I so what I liked about Army of the Dead is it, like Zack Snyder's a weirdo. We all yes. know this. But I liked Army I of don't the know Dead. This. Zack Snyder's a fucking weirdo. Thank you for telling me. You got it. Not <laughs> like the Kevin Spacey type of weirdo. Like to be clear. Like he's not Zack Snyder's not touching kids or anything like that. He's just He's a libertarian, so in my eyes, a weirdo. Ah, so he's an idiot. He wants to change the age of consent to 16. Um, Why? I, I, that's just a joke, because oh. libertarians, you know, like, the government shouldn't tell me who to fuck. <laughs> like, if I want to fuck a kid, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it, no, but I should be allowed to. Please, no one take that out of context. Show the whole clip. I don't need my voice yes. going around. <laughs> and saying, I'm not going to go out here saying that all libertarians are morons, but sometimes well, they you. sometimes <laughs> they give off, sometimes they give off odd vibes if you will if you think Anne rand had something like she, oh she's saying something profound chances are we are not going to get along wait <laughs> Anne rand is a woman yeah i mean ayn rand uh, ayn rand yes yeah. i did not know that yes ayn rand is a woman is that the was a woman that's the battlefield earth lady no no oh. ayn rand that's l ron hubbard that's that's right that's also a fucking weirdo yes I, ayn rand was the lady behind the fountainhead uh atlas shrug that's right that's right. anthem all of those that's right for some Nymph- reason i nymphomaniac thought that, was that one i don't know for some know. reason i thought that atlas shrugged and the fountainhead and Battlefield Earth were all, all written the by same. the same person. I mean, I'm sure you watched them in a row. You and probably... I also combined Ayn Rand and L. Ron Hubbard <laughs> into the same person in my brain. But what, that, so what I liked about Army of the Dead is that I feel like it introduced something new to zombie horror. I agree. It was... Because, like, you, you, you don't... Uh, and I've, we've seen it done in, like, Left 4 Dead where, like, there's different types of zombies, but none mm. of them are intelligent. There is like the, there are zombies that can bite bite specific ones that'll bite you and infect you with the virus, but then you are still intelligent and you have thoughts and they form like a society mm-hmm. and like a whole the whole like crux of the movie ends up being like the queen of their society gets killed and the king gets really upset because she was pregnant mm-hmm. and the zo- the alpha zombies can reproduce with one another mm-hmm. and then they wage war on the humans and I'm like oh shit. It almost reminded me of, um, do you remember Warm Bodies? Mm-hmm. I didn't see that movie. I know it exists. But that's kind of, that had kind of the same premise that the zombies were actually intelligent. Mm-hmm. And that's why the chick was able to fall in love with zombie Nicholas Holt. Yeah. Um, it kind of, Army of the Day, it was kind of like the action adventure version of that same premise. Like Warm Bodies is the rom-com right. way to tell it. And then. Army of the Dead is the 
like Errol Flynn type of swashbuckling action way to tell Just it. Shout out to Dave Batista. He like did such a good job in that movie. I, I like Dave, Dave Batista, Batista successfully proving that wrestlers can act. Sometimes. Despite Hulk Hogan's best efforts to prove that they can. <laughs> John Cena is not the worst. I've seen the Marine once. <laughs> if we're going to rank like the wrestlers acting abilities in order, it definitely goes like Batista, The Rock, John Cena. And everybody else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and Hulk Hogan at the bottom. Hulk Hogan is terrible. Yes. Shout out Hulk no. Hogan. No, I, I thought Dave Batista did a really good job in that movie. Have I, you ever seen? Why am I even asking? I know you have. Well, name the movie. Maybe I have. We should, a, start, we should start. We should start. Blade uh, Runner twenty forty nine. I've seen zero Blade Runner movies. Okay. I have both well, of them. I've seen nine other. Dave Batista is in Blade Runner twenty forty nine in the opening scene, and he's mm. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Shout oh, out that's Dave. him in the opening scene. That's the only yeah. scene I watch. He's the one with the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. That. No, I heard that that Blade Runner movie was really, really good. Both of them are f- excellent. I watched Blade Runner once, I believe, and I, I don't think I understood it very well, so I don't hang out. Did you watch the, the real cut or the, the fake cut? I believe it was the did it final have a, cut. Did it have a weird voiceover going on while yeah. watching it? Where it Harrison Ford drops the, the gamer word at one point. I don't, I don't remember, to be honest, <laughs> but... I'm not even gonna ask what that's supposed to mean because I, I have a, a pretty you, you know I have a pretty yeah. I have a good feeling I know what that means. Yep. The what word? The gamer word. What's the gamer word? You know that slur that gamers on like Xbox Live love to call you when casual. Mm. No. You got to go a little further down the alphabet, my friend. Um, can I have a letter? N. Ah. Randy Marsh said it on Wheel of Fortune. Ah, yes, yes. yes. Um, gotcha. <laughs> oh, oh, naggers. Oh, oh. <laughs> but in um <laughs> 10 seconds, Mr. Barr. But in the thea- in the theatrical cut of Blade Runner, I only know this because I watched an H Bomber guy video about director's cut. There we there, go again. There, there was a really weird like voiceover where Harrison Ford was just explaining what was going because on. Because what happened was the studio was afraid that people wouldn't understand it, so they made Ridley Scott go back and add a voiceover in. But and then, so Harrison Ford, and my favorite thing is he sounds so bored throughout the whole mm-hmm. time because he is bored. So he's just going like, we were on the police force back then. They didn't know what to do with the replicants. They didn't know what to do with any of us. We were packed in like sardines. And you're like, instead of just letting the film speak for itself like you should, yeah. they, were, they made Harrison Ford do a voiceover. And then when the first director's cut came out, they took out the voiceover, mm-hmm. and it just made the film so much more powerful. But then they added the weird unicorn ending when it should have just ended with like the elevator doors closing. Yes, and then the final cut restores that and takes the unicorn part mm-hmm. out. I, I've never seen... I, I just don't have any comprehension of Blade Runner, and the only thing I know about Harrison Ford is I've heard he's got the best weed in Hollywood. That's just me. Harrison Ford, DM me on Twitter. There's, <laughs> there's no way he has better weed than Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson and Seth Rogen, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, we, I guess you'll never know. Yeah. Unless you somehow get into their inner circle. Seth would Rogen, you rather, DM me. Would you rather be told... Would you rather have to tell Harrison Ford that he needs to take his earring out or that he needs to give up his pilot's license? 
Um, I mean, he's crashed his plane like three times and he's still alive. So yes, think- but he'll beat you up for either of those things. The question <laughs> is, which one would he beat you up harder over? I Probably think that- <laughs> giving up his pilot's license. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the first one to be honest. Mm. Because it's something that's like, what, are you going to be up in the plane with him and tell him that? And he's going to fucking crash the plane on purpose just to fuck <laughs> with you. He's like, I know I'm going to live through this motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. So. You're going to die. If he tell me he's got the earring, he's just going to punch you what in the What was the face. question about Star Wars they asked him? And he was like, I don't care. Oh, he was asked, um, does Han Solo become a force ghost when he died in episode seven? And his response was, I don't know what a force ghost is and I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, it, it just might seemed like, be the most famous example of an actor hating the movies he's in. <laughs> he, well, he didn't seem like he gave a shit the entire like trilogy. <laughs> no, he he just got he tired did it of for the money. He got yeah. really tired. Indiana Jones was the franchise he wanted yep. to do. Yeah, because it was probably more fun that way because he was the main character. Right. They're gonna start filming Indiana also, Jones five soon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, he was the main character, but I was gonna say he also wasn't being directed by famous weirdo George, George Lucas. Lucas. <laughs> You know what really, <clears throat> you know what really irked me. I was thinking about this today. Uh-huh. That George Lucas was very inspired by Akira Kurosawa, mm-hmm. and Kurosawa made you know thirty or forty films in his career. Yes, the fact that George Lucas made one film and then retired for thirty years, and then made three less good films, and then never made another film again. Well, he had that one movie before Star Wars. I forget what American it was called. Graffiti. Yeah, and then it good. was, and then the other one was the uh, like weird American Graffiti, starring directing legend Ron Howard as yes. the lead character. The like, the what was is that the really weird one where they like you sell, they like buy cubes or whatever? No, that's that, THX one one three eight. That's that, what I was. That thinking was his first. experimental film that nobody liked. That was his first one. American Graffiti was like the mainstream one that he did to make money. Star Wars. 20-year retirement. Then the prequels. The prequels. Well, all, he didn't... All he had to that's do... It. He wrote them and was like, yep. Yep. That's all I'm going to do. Oh, let's try my hand at directing again. Did I you know the director the of... Um, <laughs> the director of... Um, episode 5 plays the high priest in The Last Temptation of Christ. The guy who directed... Episode 5. That one. Strikes, strikes Back. Irvin Kirshner. Irvin Kirshner. Who, and who directed um, Richard Marquand? Did Return of the Jedi? Yes. Yeah. I was thinking of the writer of the Empire. Irvin Kirshner yeah. stars as um, Caiaphas, the High Priest in mm. the Temptation of Christ. That's one movie I haven't seen, but I'll get to it when I'm on my uh, journey of Criterion. Yeah, it's uh, the best of Scorsese's three films about religion, in my opinion. I've never seen Kundun, so maybe. Kundun, Kundun. We should we should make it one of our commentaries. One of these. That old that that opinion might change. But Last Temptation of Christ, Silence. Mm. I love Silence. I I like it, but Last Temptation of Christ is better. Maybe it's because I was raised Catholic and like the I understand like the Mm -hmm. lore, so to speak. I feel like Silence is a film that is going to be very much appreciated after Scorsese dies, just because of how great it is. Mm -hmm. But I feel like. Nobody appreciates it now because it's like not a. But that's my I, I point. Honestly is don't people, know. People appreciate Last Temptation of Christ yeah. now, and that's part of. Well, people what, hated it when it came out because they're all a bunch of. Well, people know. hated it because it was. It shows Jesus as a man. You know, he has. He has, sexual thoughts about Mary yeah. Magdalene in the movie. He mm-hmm. has, doubts about whether he should go through with his journey toward crucifixion in the movie. He rejects, tries to reject his father God at one point in the mm-hmm. movie. 
Like it, it treats Jesus as a human being. And that I think is the right way to treat him. Yeah. It makes him, I can, I have sexual thoughts. I can understand him. I have doubts about my journey in life. I can understand that. I can't understand a perfect guy who never made a mistake. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is what a lot of these churches try to prop up Jesus as. And I don't get what these Bible thumpers are thinking, thinking that Jesus Christ is this perfect being. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to church the and praising point, this. If you read the actual text in the Bible, the whole point is that he wasn't mm-hmm. a divine being. He was a regular guy who was chosen for this higher calling. Yeah. And... That's the point of the stories, because, you know, I have no fucking idea if Jesus was real or not, but the story, the point of the story that they were, that John and Matthew, Mark, and Luke were trying to get across is that this was a ordinary man who was given an extraordinary purpose, and, you know, he followed through on it. It's the classic hero's journey. Yeah, definitely. You know, he made the choice, and it wasn't an easy choice. But he stuck to it, and he did it, and he, you know, saved the world, if you want to believe it. And he, the world was not saved. But I wonder why Scorsese made Silence, because it seemed like a very random in-between film. Because I feel like The Irishman was the film he wanted to make for years and couldn't. I feel like it only seems random because it's in between The Wolf of Wall Street and The Irishman, yeah. which are two Scorsese, Scorsese mm-hmm. films. I feel like he's at the point in his career now where he's able to make the films he really has wanted to make his whole career because mm-hmm. he th- anybody will hand him money. Right. I mean, and from what I understand, he's tried to get silence off the ground before. Yeah. Like, I think he tried to make it after the aviator with mm-hmm. Leo, if I remember correctly, but people wouldn't pick it up. And he tried to get it. He tried to get it done at another time with a different actor. And, yeah. But I, I, I agree with you that I think this is the. I, I think this is the I I'm just gonna do because he, now he's making a, a movie about the Osage Indian murders yeah. for two hundred million for <laughs> Apple. Like he doesn't he doesn't care anymore. He's yeah. just doing what he wants to do. He doesn't care what the studios say. There's only one man. Respect that. There's only one man who never made a film he didn't want to make, and that was your boy Stanley Kubrick. Mm-hmm. According to one Mark Current thing, I used to, he told that to me. Yeah, he always used to tell me he's like uh, Kevin Smith made Jersey Girl for a check. If if he made anything for a check, it was Clerks Two, I think. Mm, I don't. I, I think he went back to Clerks Two because he, he went back to Clerks Two because people hated Jersey Girl, yeah. and he felt like there was no other option mm-hmm. for him. And then he went on. That's that- not me dissing him. Those are his own words. <laughs> I know he that's said him, it many times. That's basically him saying, "I made Clerks Two for a check because I didn't make money yeah. off of Jersey Girl." Mm-hmm. That's basically what he's saying. Tell me I'm wrong. I Kevin mean, Smith, I'd love to have you on the show. I love you. I love your work. But tell me I'm wrong. That um, look Kevin me, Smith DM me on Twitter. Look me dead in the <laughs> eye, Kevin Smith, and tell me that you didn't make Clerks 2, at least partly because you knew it was going to be a hit. Um, maybe he didn't want it. Maybe he, he didn't make it for He made Cop Out for a check. He made Cop Out for a check, but yes. <laughs> he made Clerks 2 for validation. Perhaps. He made Clerks too because Jersey Jersey Girl was a passion project for him, and people didn't like it, and that made him insecure. So he went back to the well. That's what I think. Being happened. as that may, Clerks Two is still a beautiful film. To me. I like it. I'm not dissing it. Yeah, I'm not I know. Dissing it. No, I know. I know. The point I'm just is, saying, this is he did what it because he needed some money. 
whether he will admit it or not, that is what happened. He's prob- I get he probably it. has I've admitted it. I've been insecure before and had to go back to the well to find myself again. Mm-hmm. I get it, Kevin Smith. I mean, he said he enjoyed making that film so much, and it was one of his, I think up to this point, it was the, his favorite film that he ever made. What, Clerks 2? Yeah. I buy it. You can you can see it in, in the sets and in the actors and in the production. Like, it's fan service without being fan service. Yes. You know, never seen it. He should have taken a, a page out of Clerks 2 when he made Jay and Silent Bob reboot. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, fan service. Reboot was basically the exact opposite of that, and it was reboot is fan service. The movie. I mean, we saw it in the theater. You waited online to ask him a question. I did. This isn't this isn't my first rodeo. You need to know. You need to get into that line. If you're not the first two or three people, you're not getting your question answered because he talks. (laughs) You might as well get off a line on every single question. Somebody asked him, "Would you ever make a Would you ever make a Batman movie?" And I think he talked for forty five fucking minutes. I heard the story. Not too long ago, Nick and I were in the car going somewhere, and he played the video of him talking about the, um, Superman. the Superman movie. And yes. I want to see that Superman, not Kevin Smith's Superman movie. I want to see the producer's Superman movie. <laughs> I want to watch him fight there's, that fucking um, spider. There's a documentary about it, actually. The, it's, it's called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened? Yeah. Mm. The director died a few years ago, actually. Mm. Um, I think he was real uh, close to Kevin Smith, actually. Mm. But I think he's he's probably in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine I would, it involves I mean, him. I would That's funny. Think. Yeah. I'm kind of getting burnt out on the whole Kevin Smith world. If I'm if I'm gonna be perfectly honest, dude, I was thinking that today. I just can't go on like the world uh, of Kevin right, Smith Facebook anymore. Uh, I can't go on. We're this. not gonna mention. We're not gonna mention that. What's going, um, well, what's going on on Kevin Smith Facebook? Um, well, I mean, they've turned their backs on us because we were supporters of Tucker. We're going to cut this part out of the podcast. No, we're not. I, I have no problem saying it on the record. Who the, the fuck Kevin's, is Tucker? The Kevin Smith Facebook group turned its back on Dixon and myself, who are independent content creators without an agenda. They turned their back on us because we were tagged as supporters <laughs> of Tucker because we were making a movie about RST video. I'm going to I'm gonna veto this conversation right away. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Okay. I didn't say anything that's not public record. <laughs> I did not say anything that's not okay. public record. I have these thoughts in my head. Uh-huh. Okay. I don't want to be disowned by anybody in the know. Okay. Okay. And I know a lot of people in the know are involved with that group. Everybody in the know hates the guy. What are we worried about? <laughs> I'm an outsider, so I don't. All, we're do- all-, all I'm doing is saying that I had no affiliation with him. I was an imp- I was the producer of a movie that was taking an impartial look at the reopening of a video store. All you had to do was talk to the guy. Yeah, you didn't. I happen to like him, and I happen to think he is a somewhat decent human being. I agree. I don't think he's a bad guy. You know, to be clear, I just think he's, I think made, he's some, made a I think lot of bad choices. He's made some mistakes. I think I'm going to cancel you both on behalf of the Kevin Smith ba- Facebook page. I, cancel. There, done there, for. There is discussion to be had about them. I will refrain from that because I know a few people in that group. We were making a movie about the video store. <laughs> God damn it. There's a fucking... I, I always pitched <laughs> Please it. Please don't cut this out. This is gold. <laughs> Leave I, it in. Leave I, it in. I beseech thee. I will take all the heat. You can distance yourself from me. I might move to Nashville next year anyway. You don't even have to worry about me anymore. Don't move to Nashville. I'm going to be alone here. I'm going to have to do this from before. Like, you going to leave me? Like the Corona times. <laughs> Are you going with him? No. No? No. 
That's I'm thinking about it. It's one of a couple options I'm thinking about. Okay. I'll have to come visit you then. Yes. We'll have to do I, this like this from now I would love to have on. you down. Yes. But I, I, um, I will say I'm considering, considering moving to Nashville to pursue music. I know, to discuss it, I know that the guy who founded the Kevin Smith fan page has left the fan page. Right. And there has because been, he lives in fear of what he created. <laughs> pretty much. Um, what I, I, I just think there's been a too much. People get too, and this will this will go back to why I've been getting kind of burnt out with the fandom. Okay, is it seems like, and I've discussed this with a few people in the past that are involved with the group, and they seem to think that the group has become kind of like a group of people that really want to, you know, suck his asshole. And yes. <laughs> it becomes a kind of like, oh, me, me, me thing. Like, who can, who can up them? Who can them? suck Kevin's asshole the best? Pretty much. They're all saying, and Kevin Smith, if, DM me. If you want to do that, more power to you. I'm not judging. Right. That's I'm, the thing. That's, I'm not a judgmental person like that. If right. that's how you want to live your life, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think it gets to the point. Like, I remember I made a comment one time about, I was saying like, there was some biatch on Twitter complaining about him. And then Kevin wrote one of his, his patented long responses. And then of course it gets posted on the Facebook page and everybody yeah. praises, praise so, be unto him. Oh my God. And I made, some, co- I made some comment. I made some comment about like, Oh, what's this guy done recently? Referring to the guy that made the comment. Mm-hmm. Cause he was making some comment about, Oh, this guy hasn't made a good movie in 20 years. And then I was saying like, Oh yeah, what's, what's this guy done? And people interpreted that. As me saying that Kevin hasn't done anything in 20 years. And I got so much shit for that. Right. Because people just... But that's, that's, not, that's not a Kevin Smith Facebook group specific problem. That's a social media problem. Yeah. People, you know... If we can go back to your favorite Greed Day album, Father of All, for a second. <laughs> track two on there, Fire Ready Aim. Yeah. It's about this very, uh, this, this very circumstance. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would love to get a few people from the group on the podcast at some point. I'd be point. down, man. I mean, I'd it's definitely be down. I know our, our good friend Rico can probably discuss with us about that because I yes. know, I know him and uh, CJ are. I believe they're on that page still. Mm-hmm. But um, right. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Like ninety percent of the Facebook group, wonderful people. Wonderful people. I have met a few people from that group in person. I've seen them at shows. Yes. And they are wonderful people. Mm-hmm. I have seen some people at shows that I am not particularly fond of. That's fine. I'm not gonna call them out. I'm not gonna say anything. Right. I'm just I'm cautious because I don't want to shit on anybody. I have no personal issue against anybody in that page. I just think Sometimes they go a little too far. Yeah, I don't think it's shitting on people yeah. to say sometimes the group as a whole goes it, too it, far. It gets to the point where it seems like everybody is just trying to see like who can be the biggest fan. And that's when fandoms start to become not fun. You know? Yeah. It, it gets to the point where like I go to all these events and then I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what am I, what am I trying to gain here? Well, it's just, it's kind of a function. I, I feel this way. Because I'm, I'm occasionally on Reddit. Occasionally. Yes. Unfortunate. Well, the only subreddits I subscribe to are basically car brand subreddits. Yes. So that I can... The idea was I can go on here and I can ask like mechanical questions. Mm-hmm. Like I can go on to the Pontiac thing and be like, hey, what kind of, what kind of headers do I need for this engine? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm... 
if I want to swap out this part and this part, what parts are interchangeable with other GM models, that type of stuff. You know what I mean? But yeah, they every single she's one really of, getting in on this conversation. <laughs> every single Zoe, would of, you like to add something to the conversation? Hang on one second. <laughs> Zoe, how you doing over there? How you how you feeling? <laughs> Zoe, how you doing? What do you got to say? You like clerks? <laughs> Thank you for your contribution. <laughs> but every single one of these car subreddits just turns into a suck fest of like, oh my god, look at my Pontiac G8. Isn't yeah. it beautiful? I love my GTO. I, I love this. I love my Mustang. Yeah. I love my crowd. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> We're all here because we love our this. I, I wouldn't be on the fucking Pontiac subreddit if I hated Pontiac. <laughs> Answer the because, question, Kyle. I'm here because I love my Pontiac and I I, I want to know more about it. I want I want to know engine shit. I want to know transmission shit. I want to know what parts could I swap out. I want to know what kits could I put on this. I don't want to see your fucking stupid ass vibe for the millionth time. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I please, said I said earlier please take it away <laughs> take it away <laughs> I said earlier today cuz we saw a vibe on the road and Nick goes oh a, vi- a Pontiac vibe I was like the vibe is not a vibe No it's not <laughs> Nick, take it away Nick, take it away kill it with fire How do you feel about the Pontiac Aztec Swap them aside <laughs> <laughs> Um I'm just I, I feel like I've I've Oh gl- my god just cop this new crowd Vic <laughs> Don't you love it? It's the police package. Maybe bring it to the Crown Vic subreddit, not the Pontiac subreddit, bro. No, well, they're on. I'm on multiple subreddits. Ah, uh, because never mind. Ignore I just. Me. I I feel like I don't know what to say when it comes to like it's it's stupid. It's a fucking Facebook page of like thirty thousand people. Okay. Well, here's what you do. You just stop going on it. Oh, well, I have. I'm not on Facebook anymore. You can only find me on Messenger. Don't look for me. Um. Heard. Heard. <laughs> I'll find you and and kill you. Yes. Yes. You know when I was in and you know when I was younger, I had this really massive fear of being on the internet. Mm-hmm. And anytime somebody filmed me or did anything to put me on the internet, I was fucking petrified. Ironic. Considering yes. Where you considering are. where we are now. Um, um, and one time, one of my friends, I was in a video that my one of my friends made. He used to make dunk videos. As weird as that was. Okay. And I was in the background of one episode and everybody always knew that I didn't like to be on camera. So everybody always fucking made fun of me for it. And then this one They're kid, losers. This one kid comments anonymously, is that Matt Dixon? Oh, I'm gonna <laughs> rape that kid. Oh, that's not funny. And then I started I don't like that. And then I started fucking flipping out. <laughs> I don't like that. And then one time one of the, one of these kids put like um it was like a, a group picture of people and he blacked out every face except for mine. And then he circled my face and put it on 4chan and said, oh, this is this Matt Dixon kid. Let's find this fucker. That's uh, <laughs> and then he like put uh, not good. I don't like that one bit. Yeah, it was um, it was troubling, <laughs> but to um, say the least, it, it's just odd that like back then I was really worried about that. Now it's just like we do a public podcast. So like when people walk away from me at work, they're like, oh, I'm going to go do this. And I'm like stay safe have fun don't talk to strangers and they always say but it's my job to talk to strangers (laughs) like i know we talk to strangers every day but like don't talk to strangers i'm just you know it's safety basic safety advice don't talk to strangers all i'm saying speaking of speaking of strangers we have to interrupt with this breaking update from selena 52 truck stop 
So um is it ooh. from is it from the um is this a subreddit? Is it thing? from the meme page uh trash can Paul or whatever? Yes, this is the greatest t-shirt I've ever seen in my life. I saw that this morning. May I read it? <laughs> Harry Potter <laughs> hates Ohio. <laughs> you want to read the whole post? Bryce Stewart um, hates Ohio too. Yes. Well, don't talk shit about Ohio. That's where Uncle Dave is from. I'll beat you up. I love Uncle Dave, but not Ohio. <laughs> Shout out to Uncle Dave. Uh, I know his sense of humor. I know he's laughing at this right now. He's here with us. Yes. Uh, congrats to Phil on being our trucker of the month for April. He finally stopped in today on his way through and claimed his pride, which was 50% off a can of Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> the so trucker that, of like, the month prize that, at this truck stop. That is... has to be the most Ohio thing I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> right, to be that's honest. very middle America. Uh, male octopuses immediately die after having sex. Therefore, Squidward is a virgin about that. <laughs> I mean, Maybe that that's why he's so pissed because he's just like, I want to die, but no one will fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, God damn, I just want some pussy so I can fucking die. I mean, he would he probably bring somebody and home and they would look at that fucking thing and walk away. <laughs> he wants to come and go at the same time. <laughs> so I had made a TikTok recently, right? Okay. And this is unrelated to everything. Was that the end of the story? No. I made a TikTok recently. We can, trans- no, 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 we no. can transition. It's not like we're talking about anything. No, like I'm, I'm going to transition in this story. So I'm very active on that, on that app. I watch a lot of videos on there. And I had noticed that a lot of the COVID like anti-vaxxers are starting to use like the Hunger Games three-finger salute mm. as like a sign like, oh, we're an- unvaccinated and we're going to stay that way. Well, it's better and, than that place in Tennessee that was selling Jewish stars. That yeah, that, yes. that was rough too. But like... You're comparing that, your plight to the fucking the Holocaust. Holocaust. <laughs> right. Which, by the way, what plight? All the mask mandates are lifted mm. except for in California. I don't want the government microchip put in me. There's no tweets plight it on my cell phone. No, especially in the South. Nobody gave a shit ever. <laughs> what was the problem? We don't want the government telling us what to do except when they're cops in the military. <laughs> um, but they, the, the guy who started the whole trend is also using the tag three fingers deep. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I made this video to be like, the only thing y'all need to be three fingers deep in is some fucking pussy. Go <laughs> outside, touch the grass, knock this shit off for the love of God. And I'm very disappointed that not one of those people has duetted my video or stitched my video to say something. Mm-hmm. Would Steve Jobs have been an anti-vaxxer? I think he would have. He knows that Bill Gates was involved in the making of the vaccine, so maybe. Correct. I was meaning that because he used to go on all these weird diets and he didn't want to get his treatment when he died of cancer. He's like Jordan Peterson and his all-beef diet. <laughs> What's your opinion on Mr. Peterson? Because I know he's the, uh, he's the alt-right darling, if you will. He's one of he's just a an intellectual dark web quote unquote fucking weirdo like he's just a weird dude a frequent guest on the Joe Rogan podcast he he just <laughs> says a bunch of shit like he's like oh clean your room buckaroo and then people go so what do you think about the Jews and it's like at what point do you start to like consider but the thing you have to understand <laughs> is that uh so he, he we all live in a society he <laughs> Cyclone B was used to it was used to um. 
It was used to keep rats out of the concentration camps. Like, no, like at what point does this man like sit and think like, oh, what kind of audience am I attracting with these views? Maybe I should be self-aware and think about what I'm saying and putting out there in the world and how I feel and maybe do some reflection and change it. But I honestly don't think he's smart enough to do that. The same with people like Ben Shapiro, that dude who shot up the <laughs> mosque, like in Canada, I'm pretty positive it was. Cited his, him. His, yeah. mo his most visited page on Twitter was Ben Shapiro. And instead of thinking, maybe I should rethink my values and the way I view the world, Ben Shapiro was like, oh, the left is trying to say I made this guy go shoot up a mosque. It's like the, the whole intellectual dark web isn't very intellectual, if you ask me. You know how the term snowflake is used? And you know it's generally used for people who complain about everything? They would call me a snowflake. And they complain because they get offended about everything? Yes. Right. You're, you are the snowflake, the one who doesn't care how other people feel. Jordan Peterson, yeah. Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin. All of those guys are the, the real snowflakes. Joe Rogan's really losing me lately, by the way. He's really losing me. He's, um, he's, he's he had a, me a little bit for a while, but he's, he's losing me now. He, he's gone to a, I, I don't know what's going on. A dark on place. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. He's done too much place. DMT. <laughs> I feel like he's at a more liberal like company now than he was just putting things on YouTube. But now he's just become more like, it's probably just because he's in Texas. And then that that's kind of the only thing he can really get. But, um. Him saying that that uh, Alex Jones is right eighty percent of the time. Uh, that was that was that's um, really concerning. That's very concerning. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> um, yeah. What about the the other? Which which part? Which part of him is the twenty percent? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Like, what is the eighty percent? Just the thing he are did. Are they putting? Are they actually putting chemicals in the water? But the lie is that it's to turn the frogs gay. Like the truth is that it's actually. I literally the have known. Gay. I've like known what's... people who think that Sandy Hook didn't happen because Alex Jones told them that Sandy Hook yeah. didn't happen. Was that dude's a? He, and the fact he he made these people go after the families of these of this fucking so tragedy, and it's I, like I honestly don't even know if Alex Jones even really believes what he's talking about because he doesn't. His whole show is a grift so that he can buy fucking watches. Like that, I'm <laughs> I'm not kidding. He's propped himself up to live a really luxurious lifestyle. And half the money the dude rakes in isn't even from his show. It's from the other 8,000 fucking other products he sells. He's fucking brain force. And then if it's like, if he gets too controversial, then people are just like, oh, he's just kidding. Yeah. No, but I, I, I just, I, I don't know if he actually believes what he's saying or not. And he's just so memeable and gets spread around. It's yeah. the same the same reason why Donald Trump got elected as president. I, I saw that a lot with people saying about that about Donald Trump. They'd be like, um, oh, he's just kidding. But he doesn't actually mean that. And then look what happened. He was yeah. the president for four years. Mm -hmm. I been, don't think he was kidding. Should have been less, but you know, that's neither here nor there. We're really going to get attacked by the, uh, the people. Bring it on, snowflakes. <laughs> I welcome the hate. I'll fight. I'll thanks, for the, thanks for all that peeking. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Single Listen, combat. I've had a really fucking bad day. You all want to test me? You're going to get these hands. You don't want these hands. You don't want these hands. They don't want the smoke. Listen, they don't. Like, these, 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 uh, these Trump people, these snowflake people, these uh, Alex Jones people, they better be afraid of my ass. Do you guys want to finish up for the evening and then we'll watch a, a flick? 
I'm I'm down for we that. We can do that. All right, let's uh, let's finish up for the evening before let's, you. Let's finish up. Let's finish up before for you real start having explicit conversations about that we have um, to edit out about your sex lives and uh, and lack thereof. This is a family um, show. We don't curse or talk about. This is the chil- this is children's programming. Shit, then. piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, <laughs> motherfucker, tits, fart, turd, and twat. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, <laughs> cocksucker, motherfucker, tits, fart, turd, and twat. Where are the aliens? I at? fucked your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard the song Family Reunion by Blink-182? I gathered. Have yeah. you ever heard the song I Want to Fuck a Dog in the Ass by Blink-182? Yes. <laughs> no. Have you ever heard the song When You Fucked Grandpa by <laughs> Blink-182? Shout out to Blink-182, friends Here, of the let's, show. Let's play it right now. Would you like that as your outro song for the day? Uh, sure. Why not? Tom DeLong, please rejoin the band. <laughs> and stop trying to find uh, UFOs. I, I have a... I have a um, a theory that um, the Pentagon report about UFOs is going to involve Tom DeLonge and his uh, discovery when of aliens. You fuck Grandpa, did he tell you that he loved you? Did he hold your hands behind your head and was it on your mother's bed? <laughs> so, he seems like a total asshole. Thank you for Grandpa listening to Children's Programming. Is a total fucking ass. You've been listening to Children's Programming with Mad Dicks and Nick Parodies and uh, our good friend, uh, our good friend, Bryce our good friend Bryce Stewart. Sorry, I forgot your name for half a second. Okay. Uh, you can follow. You can follow Nick Parodies at Nick Parodies. You can find me at BLU Zodiac Pictures. You can find us at Children's Programming on Instagram, CHI Programming on Twitter. Thank you and good night. Fuck grandpa, did he kiss you soft and tender? <laughs> did he?